0: DiscerningHearts.com presents The Great Cloud of Witnesses Guides for Prayer with Father Mark Siza. The Catechism of the Catholic Church states that the witnesses that have preceded us into the kingdom, especially those that the church recognizes as saints, share in the living tradition of prayer by the example of their lives, transmission of their writings, and their prayer today. It goes on to state that Many spiritualities have developed throughout the history of the churches. The different schools of spirituality share in the living tradition of prayer and are essential guides of the faithful. In their rich diversity, they are refractions of the one pure light of the Holy Spirit. The Great Cloud of Witnesses Guides for Prayer with Father Mark Siza. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Father Siza, thank you for joining me.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Always great to be here.
0: Our Lady of the Rosary, such an incredible devotion that the Church has even given it a feast day, Uh, given, given that devotion and that particular aspect of Our Lady a feast day in the Church. Can you talk to us about that?
1: Well, I think it really shows the importance of devotion to Our Lady. I think the... The form of, if you read through the documents and you read through the catechism, the the form of our devotion to Our Lady is, we're able to determine that, it's optional. But devotion to Our Lady is really part and parcel of of who we are as Catholics. It's not something that we can really pick and choose. It's something that is really a a necessary part of, of what it means to be Catholic, because she's such a important part of the the incarnation with her with her fiat may it be done unto me according to your word. Uh, because that's it, it when we think about it that it's really quite incredible because God made his whole plan of salvation dependent upon the yes Probably a 15 year old girl now <laughs> I don't know if you know any 15 year old girls, but, but I, yeah. I, I work in, in, in high school and I, and that, that always amazes me. <laughs> mm-hmm. not, not that they're bad or anything like that, but just you know to, to think about that it, it's, it's really amazing, but yet in that yes that she gave to God, it really inaugurates the, the incarnation. A, her cooperation in bringing about the Incarnation is really something uh, quite incredible. And so the Church always uh, puts forth, and we have, we have a lot of different titles of, of Mary, but the Church pour, puts forth um, these feast days in order for us to be able to, to honor her. But in particular, the Feast of Our Lady of, uh, of the Most Holy Rosary, it really highlights her, her intercessory power the The feast was established uh, on October seventh uh, in fifteen seventy one and it commemorates the the victory of the Christian fleet over the uh, Ottoman Turks, the Muslim fleet that were threatening to invade europe and the Holy Father uh, at that time before the battle uh, pope pius v he he asked all the Christian people to uh, to pray the rosary, and they had a, a a rosary procession in Rome itself before the battle. And before the battle, he in, encouraged all the sailors and the soldiers that were going to be involved in in that fight um, to and to pray the rosary because it was such an important thing. Um, just about a hundred years before, the Byzantine Empire had had fallen to the Turks, and now they had set their sights on on Western Europe as well. And this. This naval victory was really so decisive that, uh, from a naval perspective, they were uh, the the Turks never <clears throat> threatened mainland Europe again. It was they were able to rebuild their ships, but uh, with the uh, just the number of of skilled sailors and and soldiers that they didn't have them to man the ships anymore. And so it was it was something that was very very important. In terms of the life of the church, in order for uh the the Catholic Church to continue to be able to to thrive because if if that would have fallen, you know look at look at how Christianity has fared in in the former Byzantine Empire, you know Turkey you know is now a Muslim country that used to be the the center and the heart uh of the Byzantine Empire, and there are a few pockets of Christianity still there, and so because that was that victory was won through the intercession of Our Lady, you know, we are still able to, um, the, the Catholic faith was still able to, to flourish and, and continue to grow uh, in Western Europe and then in the, in the New World as well.
0: The rosary actually goes back long before that period. Uh, it is said, if I'm not mistaken, Father says that it actually has its origins in the resuscitation of those monks uh, years and years ago in their attempt to be able to enter into the psalms.
1: Yeah, there were, from what I've uh, seen uh, and what I've uh, researched uh, on the rosary, I believe that the origins of it go back to those monastic times. And what would happen is you'd have a, a monastery, and normally the, the monks in the monastery, over the week's time, they would pray the Psalter, which is, it contains all of the psalms. And so they would pray all 150 psalms uh, every week and so the people around the monastery they would they would hear the monks chanting the divine office and they would they themselves would want to pray but at that time literacy was not a, a common thing so even even if they would have had a book which was very unlikely because books were so incredibly expensive in those days I mean basically to make books you had to you had to kill a herd of sheep to uh, to have the vellum um, the, the mm-hmm. parchment in order to be able to write on so 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 not only was that very were books very expensive but even if you had a book most of the most of the common people the common folks the peasants um, they couldn't read anyway and so they wanted a way to be able to uh, to pray as well and so, what people began to do is they began to pray 150 paternosters, uh, which is the Our Father, and they would pray these in in union then with 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 the monasteries uh, that they lived. It is a sign that they desired to pray those those psalms, those 150 psalms. And so, in order to, for them to be able to keep count, <clears throat> they would make these. Prayer cords, or you know, they would tie knots in a string or different things like that to help them to be able to, uh, say the say the proper number. So this uh, there was kind of a development of that o- over the years until finally, with uh, with the uh, uh, apparition of of Our Lady to Saint Dominic, where she gave him the fifteen mysteries. Uh, of the Rosary, the original fifteen, and basically, kind of the form of how to pray it, you have the 150 Hail Marys w- interspersed with the with the Glory Bees and and with the Our Father, and that was uh, back in in 1208, and Saint Dominic was was preaching to the uh, Albigensians. They were a type of it was a type of Gnosticism, meaning that they. Believe that the material world was bad and that we had to get away from the material world and, and to pure our, purify ourselves from the material world so that we can uh, break away from that material world and become purely spiritual beings. And he, St. Dominic was sent to preach to these heretics and to try to bring them back into the fold of Christ. And so he, he was preaching and really wasn't having a whole lot of success until one day he received a uh, a vision of the Blessed Virgin Mary who gave him this as a tool uh, to to be able to pray and to be able to convert um, those heretics. And soon after that, after he began to pray the rosary, began to teach the rosary and how to not just say the Hail Marys, but then also uh, as a way of meditating on the life of Jesus and of Mary. So this became a, a type of uh way of encountering the gospel, and and for the people, especially those people that were not literate, uh, to be able to encounter Christ in the gospel, because they're meditating on these gospel passages, and they're meditating on the life of Jesus and Mary. And it really became a beautiful way for, um, for people uh, to be able to uh, deepen their own life of prayer, even if they they didn't have the capacity to read, even if they didn't have, even if they weren't intellectual giants or, or things like that, it, it was a way for, for common people, ordinary, everyday people to grow in holiness. And, and so it it's simple enough for, you know, even children to pray, but yet the depth of the mystery is so profound that, that even the greatest intellectual in the life of the Church, such as the St. Thomas Aquinas, who was a Dominican, derived great benefit out of it. So, so it's a, it, it really is a, is a wonderful devotion, and it's a wonderful way for us to see how the, life, uh, the mystery of the life of Mary and the mystery of the life of Jesus really interpenetrate one another.
0: It's one of those prayers, isn't it, Father of that you can pray in a group of people, but even in that group setting, it's very personal because it does call us into contemplation, meditation. It kind of demands us to really walk with Our Lady in that garden, even though we may be with a group of people.
1: Exactly. I think it was Pope John Paul II. Uh, that says in in the rosary we we contemplate the face of Christ with Mary, and in there when you think about that relationship that that Jesus had uh, with Mary and that Mary had with jesus it it was an incredibly personal relationship because it was a relationship of a mother with a son, and that 's we are, through the Holy Rosary, we're entering into that relationship, we're entering into that personal relationship. And so just as each of us relates to Christ differently, each of us relates to Mary differently, it is something that is incredibly personal. And so it's something that, as you said, we we do in communion, or we can do in the community together together, but there is also that that personal aspect to it that is very important that that it is able to touch the hearts of and the lives of each person that prays it
0: When we meditate on those particular mysteries, it can be different every time we enter into it, and it can be different for every every person and The reason I bring that up, Father Siza, is that I suppose you've heard this as well. There will be people who will inevitably always say. Oh, I can't stand it when that person prays the rosary so quickly, you know, or they say it so fast. And yet that person who's saying it quickly, it's difficult, you know, I've, maybe it's just because I've gotten older, but I'm beginning to realize that's quite a judgment call on that person (laughs) who's saying it quickly because who knows, you know, who knows what their, their experience is in that prayer. So better than to think about what irritates us and what others are, how they pray it, that Focus that entering into it just in our individual experience. I mean, that's that's an imperative, isn't it?
1: Very much so. And I <clears throat> as I was talking with a wise wise priest and he was he was talking about the the Hail Mary's that that we pray in entering into the rosary because it, it it's something one of the reasons that I like the rosary is, is it's very incarnational. You know, the, there's something about allowing those beads to to slip through our fingers, that it we're not just praying in the spirit, but we're praying in the body and in the spirit. And so as we as we pray and as we as we begin to enter into that that meditation and as we enter into the prayer, the the Hail Mary's that that we are praying, in a certain sense they become they become the background music or they become the uh the setting that that is able to to calm down our interior senses so that we can focus and enter more deeply into that mystery because it is hard you know to to pay attention to every single word and then to to think about the mystery and then so just that 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 repetition and the 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 saying of the words what is doing is it's providing the foundation interiorly for us to be able to enter into that into the lives of Jesus and of Mary and so as each person is differently that the form of that is going to take is going to be is going to be different you know some people will will do it more quickly some people will do it very slowly and Because I know other people on the other side that really irritates them when people say it way too slow. And that's Mm -hmm. you know, that that's that's one of the it's one of the difficulties when we do pray it in common. But Mm -hmm. I think it is important though to try and to have that and to pray together with that one voice. Because when we are united together in our hearts. And even if it may not be as comfortable for us uh, to pray in that, in that way when we're united together in that one voice, then it enables us to have that one heart with Jesus and with Mary. And it enables us, as I said, to enter more deeply then into that mystery.
0: Instead of going through each mystery in this particular conversation, for somebody who is new to the rosary, what is it? you would have them do then in walking with our lady
1: i think when we first start out it's it's probably <clears throat> more of what we'd call a meditative prayer where we where we think about the mystery and maybe we take the um the part of jesus or we look at it from the perspective of our lady or we look at it from the perspective of someone maybe that's just witnessing what is going on or maybe if we're going through the sorrowful mysteries a person in the crowd or we look at it from the perspective of of saint john or there's a lot of different ways that we can uh, that we can follow along with that and as we allow that that image to to enter into our mind as we allow that as we enter into that meditation then we are we we are able really then to to walk with them and to to try to experience what they experience. As we grow in the in the life of prayer, it becomes that meditation then enters more into what <clears throat> St. Thomas Aquinas would call contemplation. And the way that St. Thomas Aquinas would define contemplation, it, it's a little bit different, I think, than the way that St. Ignatius would divine, de, uh, define it. Mm-hmm. But but the way that st thomas aquinas uh, defines it is he calls it the simple intuition of truth that produces love and so a contemplative prayer then sometimes with the assistance of our imagination but but not always then sometimes it's just being present with christ and mary as we're going through um, as we're praying through the Rosary, and sometimes it 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 may be that we <clears throat> are are maybe try to enter into the meditation, and then all of a sudden we oh, we realize, you know, or it took two decades down the road, and, and we're like, where was I? Uh, but that that's not necessarily bad, you know, it, because that that contemplative prayer. Sometimes we enter into that unaware, because what happens in the prayer of contemplation. Is that as we have that that's uh, simple intuition of truth, as we enter into the, the prayer of the spirit, as the spirit enters into our soul, maybe more correctly to say that, is that the spirit we give the spirit permission to pray in us. And so the spirit is the one' that, that's, that's moving us and is guiding us. And, and sometimes sometimes we are aware of that presence of the Spirit. And sometimes we're not, you know, sometimes if we experience that presence of the Spirit as 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 a dryness, as a, uh, sometimes even as a darkness, that, that we're not really getting a whole lot out of it. But the most important thing, I think, is making the act of will to try to enter into, not that we're perfect at it or that we don't get discouraged. Because we all get distracted. If if you try to pray for more than five seconds, you're you're going to get distracted. I guarantee mm-hmm. it. But but the most important thing is the is the act of the will to try to enter into that prayer. And as we try to enter into that prayer of the Rosary, it is then through through Mary's intercession that we can ultimately come to that. That, that highest form of prayer, that contemplation, that simple intuition of divine truth that produces love because that's the ultimate effect that we want is we want to deepen our love for our Lord. We want to deepen our love for Our Lady. And so as we grow in that that awareness, in that presence of God that, that sometimes we feel and sometimes we, we don't, that it produces the capacity within us for a deeper love it produces in us the capacity for greater acts of charity. It produces uh, within us the the ability uh, to give ourselves completely to God and to to even uh, to the point of of shedding our blood for Christ. And so this is the ultimate effect of that prayer, but to be able to enter into it, to make that choice, is the first and most necessary part. Even if we don't always feel like we're getting something out of it, just by, by choosing to do that, it is very efficacious. Um, it's very effective form and, and way of praying.
0: Can you help us to understand why it's important that in this particular contemplation we journey with the Blessed Mother? There may be those out there that will say, well, I can do that in a variety of ways. Why is it that I'm in a, in this special way that you're asking me to? to walk with the Blessed Virgin Mary.
1: I think that that image of Mary walking with us is is an important image to have, because sometimes I think when we think about Mary's maternal mediation and her intercessory power and her intercessory prayer, it can seem to us that she stands between us and Jesus but i think that image of mary walking beside us of helping us of picking us up when we fall of or if you think about father uh father gately had a beautiful uh meditation in the in the book consoling the heart of jesus and in that in that he uses an image of uh jesus christ and as he as he's going up calvary to be crucified and you know we're kind of in the crowd we're kind of on the outside and you know we want to be with Jesus and we want to uh walk with him and to be there for him but but yet our we know we can see our own sins and so we and we know that our sins separate us from him so we just kind of stand on the the edge of the crowd and realize that you know hey i can't i'm just one person i can't really do anything anyway and then he uses the the image of Mary coming towards us and she stoops down to us and she says to us, would you like to see him? And so Mary takes us through uh, the crowd of, of, of angry people that are, that are screaming at our Lord and that are hurling insults and blasphemies against us and the evil spirits that are, that are that are circling around, that are that are stirring up the crowd, and as Mary walks towards Jesus, the the crowd just it separates, and we can see jesus and she brings us to the foot of the cross and and we can see jesus just in his agony as as he's pouring out everything and and as he's receiving all the the insults and the ingratitudes of men for for all time and he's a, as he's you know giving everything that he has and so mary in her hands we become little we become like a child and mary picks us up And she holds us next to Jesus. So that what Jesus sees is not all the ingratitude, not all the indifference, not the insults, not the pain. But he looks upon us with love, and we are able to see his face, and we love him. And in that agony that he is experiencing. Mary enables us by lifting us up to Jesus to console his aching and sorrowful heart. And so this is the role of the Blessed Mother, not to stand between us and Jesus, but in our littleness, being children to, to lift us up to Christ, to enable us then to be able to console that heart of Jesus. And that is, that's the role of Mary in the spiritual life. And that's what devotions like the Most Holy Rosary enable us to be able to do. So it's not just about saying a bunch of words or saying a bunch of Hail Marys and Our Fathers. But as we said, to enter into that relationship of Jesus with Mary. And when we enter into that relationship, we enter into divine love.
0: It is a spiritual discipline to commit to, say, praying the rosary every day for that 15, 20 minutes a day, maybe longer, that some may have, you make the great attempt, I'm going to pray the rosary every day. And then they get started, and they start to drop off. They didn't do it. They put it aside. That's something in the spiritual battle that that act of the will really needs to fight against, isn't it?
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely, and it can be hard. And what I always recommend to people are are just maybe two things that might be helpful. First... it may seem too daunting for us to, to pray the whole rosary. So maybe start with a decade, you know, our father 10 Hail Mary is just one mystery and, and work your way up to the, to the whole rosary. Um, sometimes people find it helpful, maybe just to, to go for a walk and go walk for 15 minutes and pray the rosary while you're walking. That can be um, something that can be helpful for us to do that. So, so to take a manageable amount, or to find a way of being able to to do that, such as you know doing a rosary walk or or being in a prayer corner or w- whatever it is, to help us. The other thing that can be helpful is to have some to have accountability to someone, uh, to have somebody to pray with. You know, if we, for example, in exercise, if if we just say, okay, I want to get up in the morning and go exercise and go run or whatever, you know, when the alarm clock goes off at whatever ungodly hour it is and you're like, and you're in your nice warm bed and it's cold outside and it's like, you know, it's very easy to, to, to roll over and turn off the alarm and sleep for another hour. But if you have somebody that you know is depending upon you, or somebody that's going to come knock on your door, or you're responsible to go knock on the door of somebody else and you go um, exercise together, it's, it's a much more that accountability to one another is a much more effective way of being able to uh, be able to be consistent. And so it, it, it's very similar in the life of prayer, if we have a prayer partner, if we have somebody that we can be accountable to. Um, or somebody to help us out uh, in that way, and we can be an, of an assistance to to them and that is it, that can be also an effective means of helping us to be able to develop those good habits and in order to in order to be able to flourish uh, in the interior life
0: it's true too isn't it father says that th- the enemy the devil would not want us. To take this time, and that could be one of those blocks as well. Something that he places there, and, and it it really calls on us to to realize that that potentially is happening.
1: Oh, exactly. I mean, it's it is spiritual warfare. You know that mm-hmm. I think uh, Saint John Vianney he used to call the Rosary Satan's whip or something like that. That mm. that he. You know the, the the devil does not like that or any form of prayer, but it, but especially things like the Most Holy Rosary, and so he will do everything that he can in order to try to dissuade us and to tempt us not to pray it. And so we we also have to realize that we are going to encounter not only our resistance from our own fallen human nature, but we are also going to encounter the resistance of the of the evil one that doesn't want us to pray it either.
0: Any final thoughts on this particular discussion?
1: I think it's just important always to to realize that, that Mary's our mother, and the one thing that she wants is for us to grow closer to Jesus, and she will help us to do that. You know, wh- whether we ask for it or not, she's helping us. She's interceding for us. She's praying for us. But when we can when we can make that desire for her, her help, um, explicit, when we can make that known, then I think it's something that can really help us to advance quickly in the spiritual life. And that's one of the things that St. Louis Marie de Montfort that, that he realized that he said that Mary is the quickest path to Jesus. She's the shortest way. I mean, we can, you know, we can take all these other circuitous routes, but, um, but really if we if we want the quickest quickest and most effective path to jesus it's mary that's what if we look at how god has set up the incarnation and how he has designed the our our salvation mary is such an integral part of that but it doesn't just end at that moment of the annunciation it doesn't just end at the foot of the cross but mary is just as mary was involved in the opening up the gates of salvation in that, yes, in the, in the conception of Jesus in her womb, she is integrally involved in the spiritual regeneration of all those who are born into Christ as children of God, as members of his body, because she is the mother of not only the head of the church, but she is also the mother of all the members of the church spiritually. And to recognize that role, that special role of Our Lady, uh, in salvation, in in our own personal sanctification, is it's something that really behooves us in the in the spiritual life to take advantage of that that means that God has given to us.
0: Thank you so much, Father Siza.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Always a great joy to be with you, Chris.
0: You've been listening to. The Great Cloud of Witnesses, Guides for Prayer with Father Mark Siza. To hear and or to download this episode along with many others and to learn more about The Great Cloud of Witnesses, the saints, Blesseds, and others of the church, go to discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of discerninghearts.com. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Join us next time for The Great Cloud of Witnesses, Guides for Prayer with Father Mark Siza.